You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. It's Dave Zorko with Fatterday Omaha. I usually say palatial. We're going to say historic KIOS studio because uh, of the building that we're in here. But uh, more importantly, I am sitting here with Tony Vacanti of La Casa Pizza. And I'm super excited about this. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having us uh, part of your show. And um, like anything, it's uh, an opportunity to talk food, what I love doing all day. And, you know, uh, I think there's been a lot of great guests. So just honored to be on it. And true to form, you were running between all three La Casa locations today? Two, Two. I, I had some other business at the third I wanted to take care of. And it's just, you know, that's just kind of part of life is you, whether I'm physically at all three, I'm dealing with all three traditionally, whether with, with vendor relationships in some way. Um, and it's just been, uh, it's just part of day-to-day life. <laughs> day-to-day business and busyness both, I suppose. For sure. Perfect. And and what is your official title role, which I suppose you probably have many, many roles, hats, etc. But but if you were to give yourself the, the official uh, Tony Vacanti nameplate, what, what does it look like? That's a good one. I consider myself someone just trying to make our business better every day. So I don't like using, you know, I guess we're part of this generation now. We don't like these words boss and we don't like these words general manager. But for the most part, my job is to make sure that we have product, to make sure that we are staffed, to make sure that our customers are taken care of. And anything in between that falls into my lap, we got to do. And, uh, you know, we are not a corporation. We are a family-run business with a lot of people that make it go. So I just kind of have to make sure that the wheels keep turning. That's fantastic. And and we were talking just before the show here. So La Casa about to celebrate 70 years here in Omaha. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, and you know, I think it's even more crazy when you think seventy years. My dad turns uh, will turn seventy three this year, and uh, he's been involved in this business since day one. And it's kind of crazy when you think about. I think about the business that way. I think about my father. I think about how um, much the business has grown. He's grown up with the business, and the gr- business has really you know, been something that's been a part of his life and uh, yeah. just the opportunity that I have in this generation to continue that. But 70s crazy. And I think my dad would say it's even crazier when he, uh, when you sit back and really think that's been the majority of his, in, his life. <laughs> yeah. Gr- growing up chewing on pizza crust and, and probably making pizza at a very young age, I'm assuming. So that's right. And doing all the stuff in between. So that's, that's fantastic. So, so three generations now, is that, that well, right? I think my dad says five. So it was my five. Great, yeah. Wow. I mean, and I get confused by this generational stuff at times because sure. my, my great grandfather and my grandmother were the ones who really started it. And then my grandmother's sister, um, so it'd be my great aunt and then her children along with my father were the ones that were kind of in the last, you know, 40 years integral in building building the business. And then myself and then uh, my father's cousins, one of their sons, uh, Brandon. And so he is a little younger than me. I don't want to disclose my age. Sure, sure. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's been a progression and we're lucky to still be around uh, around and lucky that uh, people still love coming and seeing us because 
uh, there aren't that many of us anymore that, you know, 1953, I, you probably count on your hand how many restaurants in this town are still around since then. Yeah, there are few and they, you know, some have closed and well, in the, as we're recording this recently in the grand scheme of uh, things and thankfully there are few, you know, open cashios is still cranking sure. away Johnny's and, you know, La Casa. So Orsi's, you know, at a hundred years. So, yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah. Okay, so maybe just a few names. So if you walk into the Leavenworth location, of course, there's awesome documentation, pictures and things on the walls. Yep. And you get to see this, the story of Joe and, and Patane. Am I saying Patani. that? Patani. Patani. Thank you. Oh, that sounds much more um, like Italian. And um, Thank you, Patani. So one of those photos in there, I think, is like the crew like day one or first week or something along those lines. So besides Joe Patani, put some other names to maybe a few of those those founders we were just talking about. You know, I mean, that is some of the stuff that like, I even asked my dad. And I mean, I, I think at one point he mentioned someone in the Coniglia family had helped. But I mean, really, yeah. they were just friends of my grandfather's. That's so cool. And my dad probably would be a better person to frankly ask that question. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. You know, and when I think about it, it's always been – based on the family and the family's been the one working it but my grandfather it kind of goes back to the italian community back then sure a lot of the restaurants would it be you know once again cashios coniglias yeah horses these are all guys that i mean they talk all the time they had family events that were you know based in the same community yeah they knew each other their vendors that they were ordering products from were all the same so yeah i mean i think a lot of those families helped each other out back then. And I mean, that's so cool. It really was a community type thing. And most of these people, you know, their first or second generation, and, you know, they were doing this as a survival thing. Sure. And yeah. now, now everyone wants to get in the restaurant business because, oh man, it's cool. And, you know, <laughs> I want to, yeah, I have a good idea. But, you know, for most people, whether they were educated or not, they fell back on what was familiar to them and a way to make yeah. a living. Yeah. And so that community. You know, that's why we had so many great and still have so many great restaurants and that have an you know an Italian or Sicilian heritage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And thankfully, you know, being here for a very long time and La Casa has obviously grown. So there's La Casa West over uh, on 84th Street and now La Casa really west, uh, farther there. So it's been cool to see you guys grow. So how has that happened? And where did you kind of come into the the mix or how long have you been involved within the La Casa ethos besides, you know, eating the pizza, of course? Yeah, I mean, La Casa West, which now is a misnomer because, you know, back in the day, this is 1965 that it <laughs> right. opened. Um, and we have uh, a picture that kind of at, at our Pacific Springs location, which was on 168th off of Pacific. Yeah. There's a picture of... La Casa West on 84th and Grover and to the West, I mean, just nothing, there's nothing. <laughs> right. And so, you know, over time and it gets a little confusing for people now because forever it was La Casa West. And then, right. You know, people look it up online or and they're like, well, Wait I'm calling minute. La Casa West. I'm thinking it's, you know, so there's, a, there is some confusion around it, but you know, that was in 1965 and my great grandfather, from my understanding, just wanted to potentially have another location. Sure. They were looking to expand it. And, you know, I think at one point, if you, based on what my father has told me, is that the idea was maybe they were going to have a few more locations. Yeah. And uh, we had one actually in Venice, Nebraska. That's right. As yeah. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, we actually had one for a very short period of time in Council Bluffs as well now at one that point. that I did not know. Okay. Yeah. And these are, you know, very small periods of time, but um, Pacific Springs location really came about the fact that I think a lot of uh, we had a considered expanding over the years sure 
and uh, I was transitioning from the Bay Area. I, I lived in San Francisco for a long time and ran a financial company. And my wife wanted to uh, relocate, and we had little girls, so yeah, she asked me at the time if I could do anything. Um, what would I do? And I said, probably open a pizzeria. So I pressured my dad for several years to do that, and you know, we came up with the idea of doing it, and it was just a bit of a process and. Uh, it happened a lot quicker when I came back to Omaha than I thought it was going to happen. Oh, wow. And, uh, and it was an opportunity, I think, um, for us to take the business into the next generation and really sure. hopefully solidify our, our footprint within this city for the next you know, 50 years. Yeah. Because our Leavenworth location is great, and it's, it's in a great location. Um, our 84th Street location is right off the interstate, which is good proximity for people, you know, heading whether it's south or north or just you bet, you know, any any direction. But as Omaha tends to grow, it's always west. Yeah, we felt as though it would be a good opportunity for the business to grow and to bring our product out to a community that grew up with it, yeah. and to people that may not have been as familiar with it. And and it and it has been good for us. And I think it's been a very it's been a very humbling experience, and um, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity still. I like the fact that you mentioned that picture, you know, looking west from La Casa West, the, the 84th location, and, and seeing nothing. Because thinking about this, in the 50s, you know, the Leavenworth location was pretty far west. It really and then was. in the 60s, late 60s, then you've got La Casa West on 84th there at the edge and now i mean okay granted it it omaha definitely goes even farther but you're still getting towards the west side so la casa has really grown with omaha over these 70 years or so yeah and it's uh it's kind of crazy because when you look at um how it's grown so you got 45th street right you double 45th now you're basically the 90th or 84th you double 84th you're on 168th look at that yeah i mean (laughs) we like simple math so we just tend so the next time i guess that we're gonna um go ahead and uh have another location we're gonna be really far out there do you need to reopen the venice location is that that what maybe happens there i I don't know wouldn't that be wouldn't that be fun (laughs) yeah Uh, you know, that's a crazy idea, and you know, who knows? Who knows where it'll take <laughs> if, us? If, if it's there, I'll be there for the ribbon cutting with a with a slice of pizza in hand, preferably a corner off of that pizza because that's my, my favorite slice off Mine of there. too. Mine that, too. That's perfect. This is so cool. So, and, and you and I, our first encounter actually was over pizza, but uh, not even La Casa pizza at that time. We we had a, a Gouda Rooney or Gouda Rooney tasting, depending on who you talk to, of varying double crust pies throughout the city. So it was really cool to uh, dine with you and, and sample some of the things around Omaha. So that was a fun deal. It was. And, you know, that's one of my favorite pizzas. Um, and, you know, I didn't bring La Casa to our engagement that evening. I mean, we had some great people with us. We had Stacy Winters. Yeah. Uh, we had Nat yeah, Aguirre. Yeah, Omaha. Yeah, Yum Omaha. We had um, yourself. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a fun get together with some, the people that are putting the food scene on the map. And yeah, you know, I'm not the guy who likes to bring my own mixtape or anything like that to a party, <laughs> so I'm not going to bring my own pizza. Um, and you know what? Frankly, it was an opportunity for me to try a lot of the product that's been in the city that I hadn't, and it was just fun to get together. And yeah, and I don't think that Nat or Stacy had had that product, and you may have, but I think it's a great tradition in Omaha that I don't think a lot of people know of. Yeah, a great product and. I think I'm, I'm biased, but I do think ours sure. is, is the best. Well, of course, as you should. And and actually, what's kind of interesting is, so we had 
Los Solomillos, which is no longer available because right. they, they are closed. And we had Big Fred's, yep. which I had not had before. So that was that was a new experience for me. And we had an Orsi's. Orsi's, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think I had had Orsi's up until that point either. So uh, I was only familiar with one of those pies. So that was that was very cool. Yeah. So yeah. it was fun. And, you know, I probably ate pizza at more places than La Casa growing <laughs> up <laughs> because it was just um, my dad worked a lot. And yeah. I think by the time you know, we decided to go out. And if we were going to get pizza, we're not going to La Casa. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Big Fred's was somewhere I, you know, would go on occasion. Orsi's is just kind of, you know, I grew up on their bread. Uh, oh, even, sure. Not just pieces, but loaves at a time. You bet. And uh, so sandwich. it was just fun to revisit some of those things too that uh, are very nostalgic to me. I, th- I think that's funny though. That's like, oh man, we've, we've spent all day at work and what should we do? Oh, let's go out for pizza. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, Well, it's funny, you know, even, even in, we talk about this in the kitchen all the times at all our locations, because if you work in La Casa, you probably eat pizza probably three or four days a week. Yeah. And, and people always yeah. say, are you tired of it? No, I'm really not. And it's the same thing. I think pizza is pretty much one of those things. Even when my dad got off work and was tired, Every once in a while, we go get a pizza still. Sure. Well, and you can change your, you know, your your crust, your toppings, your sauce. And, and that's the neat part about all, you know, especially our local spots. Yeah. You go from an Orsi's to a La Casa to a Big Fred's, wherever. Everything is completely different. Sure, yep. it's probably tomato sauce, a crust, and cheese. But those three things are widely different between where you go. It's crazy. And I mean, you think about the scene in Omaha, then you think about the scene in the Midwest, then you, you take that even further out nationally. And, yeah. you know, everyone loves to argue, like, our pizza's the best, wherever you're, you're from. It, but it really comes down to, I think pizza is so regional. Like, Oh, yeah. And Omaha, like, I I think I think Stacy said it the other day. I was reading one of the things he put uh, on one of his posts for Omaha Food Lovers. He's, like, trying to figure out what you call Omaha's pizza. You know, it's sure. like that thin crust that's not maybe crispy but then has like a lot of toppings and then like melted like some solid melted cheese on top there right and uh you know i think a lot of people are used to used to that style but we have a lot of different styles in town which you know gives everyone an opportunity to try different things and have what they like yeah absolutely and 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 speaking of la casa style so if i I recall and you can correct me here especially on pronunciation because i i ask your forgiveness but i believe on the box it says vera pizza neapolitana or something along those lines right so if you were to describe a la casa crust because if i was going to get a neapolitan style pizza say like a dante sure that's a widely different pizza than i might get a la casa so so how would you describe the crust you know, our crust is going to be different than what you would say the quintessential um, Neapolitan style or what people think in their mind. But Neapolitan style really is a thinner style crush with a fresh crushed tomato sauce and yeah. typically a mozzarella cheese. And, you know, we take our own spin on that with mozza- with uh, Romano. Romano, And sure. we, we do have a great mozzarella too, but I mean, Romano is kind of what we've been known for. And there really isn't a categorization that I would call our pizza. I would call it, it has a little snap to it. Yeah. It's a little crisp. It's not crackery by any means. No. But it's it's crispy. I always tell people you gotta try it to understand what it is. Right. And I think sometimes it's funny when people first try our pizza, especially in Omaha, they're assuming it's going to be, you know, this thing that they're they're used to, right? Everyone has this familiarity. Pizza is X, Y, or Z to me because that's what I grew up eating or that's sure. what is in my neighborhood. And I always tell people that you know, our pizza is just different. And I always tell people, if you're into fresh ingredients, if you're into really high quality cheese and tomatoes, if you, you know, consider yourself a foodie and someone that appreciates the quality and the craftsmanship, because everything we do, 
we break down by hand and we make in-house, right? And so it's not to say other pizzerias don't do some of that, but a lot of places buy their product and assemble it, right? They buy processed cheese, they buy, you know, stuff that's just already sliced up or frozen or bagged, where we're, we're doing it similar to day one, where, I mean, yeah. we're cutting our vegetables, we're doing all those things. And uh, I always tell people, it's just a unique experience. And if you're open to food and you're open to high quality food, you're going to like it. But if you think it's going to be similar to some of the other Omaha styles, or you think it's going to be like a, you know, a Godfather's mm-hmm. or Domino's, you know, it's th- not. that's not what it's going to be. There's something to uh, somebody coined this. I can't remember the author, but it's, it's the pancake principle. And it's basically like pancakes anywhere you go out are never going to be as good as grandma's pancakes For because sure. you've got, you know, food memory and things tied mm-hmm. to there as well. And that same person was like, well, that's why I don't make pancakes like I think grandma made pancakes. I make my pancakes. So La Casa makes its pizza and there isn't another pizza like it. And I, I think I was just alluding to, I love the corner pieces because I get more crust. For sure. And it's got nice layers within the crust, especially on those corners, you know, and it's not super doughy, but you get a little crisp on the outside, but then you usually get a nice little soft interior too in the, the cornichone, I believe it is called, right? <laughs> the, the pizza crust or pizza grip, as we like to call it on right. Saturday. And so, yeah, it's got its own thing where the, the base layer is very thin, but still has a very gentle chew or flakiness. It is not a cracker yep. thin crust and it has a good flavor to it. Like you could just probably eat the crust with sauce and be good and and happy. You definitely so. could. And you bring that up because like where you said you have these layers and then that's to get back to, you know, what, how would you categorize? It? I mean, I think it has the, those qualities of a, you know, I don't want to call it a pastry style, but I mean, it sure. has these layers and air pockets that yes. sit within the crust that when you're cooking it at a high temperature, you get this separation, but you get that suppleness that's close to the tomato sauce and you get like the crispiness, but then you get the tenderness and then the crust in itself, like you said, will be you know, a little more uh, crispy on the outside, but then there's a soft little layer on the inside. And I eat pizza everywhere. And I mean, sure. whether that's domestically in the U.S. or, you know, traveling internationally, I try everything. I've never tried anything that's exactly like our, our product. That's and, I like it. And that's why I like it, too. I think it's, yeah. we're not copying anyone. We're not trying to be, you know, someone from a different city or, you know, we're not trying to be someone from a different country. We just do it our way. And we, right. we've done it that way since day one. And it's kind of cool because customers always say to us they've moved away and they're like there's nothing else like that and that's probably one of the best compliments you can get is that you're not trying to be something else yeah it's a destination thing and so i have a a relative that moved out to the the west coast and whenever he comes back it's gotta be la casa pizza and then he also has to stop at taco john's and runs it just because you know because it's not available and that's that's the stop so you know it's that flavor that you can only get here at La Casa. For sure. Days, so. And I mean, that kind of goes back to even the, go deeper in the style of pizza. I mean, and it's funny, being at our Pacific Springs location more often, there are a lot of people in West Omaha that have moved to Omaha. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing a lot of new customers that oh, are cool. not just in Omaha, but they've just moved from somewhere else, now reside in Omaha. And the first yeah. thing I always say to them, they always say, what is your favorite topping? Or what do, what do people really like here? And I always tell people, like, you got to remember, we're in the Midwest. We're in Nebraska. We're, we're a beef country. And it goes back to, once again, Italians, when they cook, and why my grandfather and my grandmother used what they used yeah. was that what was available what was available local. sure and so that's why you know you, we have the hamburger pizza and yeah. the ground hamburger on top of the pizza and i always tell people i was like you're in nebraska 
people love it. And I really do enjoy our hamburger pizza. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have a ton of different stuff that you can offer on a pizza. But people, being that they're not from here, they always give it a try. And, yeah. you know, nine times out of ten, they love it. And some people, it's the ground hamburger is not for them. So we do some other things like our margarita is great. But, you know, it kind of goes back to the fact that that's a really unique thing in Nebraska. Sure. And we do it very different than anyone else. You do. You coat that pizza. You get a full load of hamburger on there and and prime beef, if I'm not mistaken, yep, on prime there. beef. And so. I mean, we will use high quality beef. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of operations out there. And we could get deep into toppings on pizzas and what type of toppings certain places put on their pizza. Yeah. And it goes back to once again, we're going to put a very high quality product um, because that is, this once again, the essence of Italian cooking. It's like you take a very good product, you do very little to it. Sure. You add it to other very good products and you let them work together. And that's one thing my dad always says. It's not just it's not just the hamburger. It's not just the sauce. It's not just the cheese. It's not just the crust. It's how they all work together. Absolutely. They give you that style or that flavor or that texture that we're known for. I'm probably one of those controversial folks when I introduce people to La Casa if they're, because the, the hamburger pizza is definitely a very unique item and some people aren't quite ready for that. They're not yet. ready at times, right? My thing is maybe it's just get two pizzas, try sure. the hamburger. But if somebody knows their Romano, cool. Let them loose on the Romano because it's a pretty strong cheese. It's delicious. But, you know, somebody might need to start with just a pepperoni with mozzarella right. or the ever popular pepperoni with both cheeses, which right. is just a great combo. So there's there's lots of good options. And I, I think some people, if they're not ready for that, sometimes they may have tried that and they're like, I don't know about this thing. Well, OK, try a different pizza or try the double crust or those things. There's a lot of options. Yeah, I think people do, you know when they come and maybe try it their first time, their friends are always like, you're going to love it. Right. Or they send them in and they may have set them up for a bit of a surprise because they don't yeah. talk about the Romano. Right. And I think we love the Romano so much and we're so accustomed and used to it. And we, I think the other is we know how the quality of the cheese that we're getting on there. I mean, we buy these in wheels, we break them down by hand. So we're very proud of the fact that we're using yeah. an incredibly high quality product to put in our pizza. So but I do think sometimes people are a little caught off guard. And, you know, I think we've had a lot of people, they'll try the Romano and they like it. But, you know, they find their comfort zone maybe with the mozzarella. But often, more often than not, they'll take the Romano that we grade in-house and they'll add it on top yes, of the pizza. Yes, that is a pro move because you can just get one of the little two-ounce uh, ramekins there or whatever yep. of Romano and, and Romano to your liking. And it's a very creamy Romano, but a pronounced flavor, which is is just awesome. And it's just, there's nothing like it. It's really good. There's not. And you know, when we get the Romano in the wheels, it's very, it's similar to a Parmesan Reggiano where it's, you know, it's a very hard wheel. And then when you're breaking it down and even the Romano is very, very similar in that profile, but the way we grade it and some of the things we do to it, to texturize it, to give it that softness, that creaminess that allows it to melt on the pizza, it changes the flavor profile. So if I was to cut you a, a slice off the wheel and I'd say, hey, try this, Dave. And then I would give you some of the cheese just that we've texturized or I'd give you some that we've cooked. Like, And you try them all three next week. They all have a different just flavor different. profile, the way it hits your tongue and just some of the things that it does. And the way we grade it and the, the texture we give it really gives it that, um, I think, puts it over the edge. I'm glad we got into ingredients because I, I wanted, when you and I were talking uh, way back at Bull Moose and, and you had mentioned something to me that I was just kind of floored by, which is that a lot of your suppliers, or some of them anyway, are the same suppliers that you've had since day one, since the 1950s. So 
what ingredients or ingredient do you have that's still like, hey, we're, we're still buying this from, you know, Joe XYZ supplier or farm or whatever since the 50s? Yeah, it's. I think our Romano is kind of the thing you think of most of the time. And that's, we've used the same cheese for decades. Yeah. And the unfortunate nature in the food industry is that the mom and pop are the small companies that used to produce these products. Yeah. You know, they were typically family operations, usually Italian family operations that came over. It was a craft. Yeah. And they were putting these products together. You look over the last 70 years we've been in business, um, that has all changed. Mm. I mean, you you know, it was Stella, now Stella Saputo, and some of the other products um, that we use have gone through four or five different name changes. And now they're all oh. owned by large corporations to a oh, large I extent. See. Okay. My dad tells a story of, we have a new. We had a new rep, a new food rep, and um, he asked him, you know, you need to get this specific cheese in if you want to work with La Casa, and they they've been using this cheese for years, and they told him how much Romano cheese we use. And the guy's like, I, nobody uses that much Romano like cheese. We do. Yeah. Wait till we open another location. Right. And so you know, I think through that process, the, the uh, salesman was like, well, I have this Romano or whatever. It's like, no, no, that's not what we use. And, uh, you know, so we've always been very dedicated to the product that allows us to have that, the same, that consistency, the consistency. So, you know, we've been using that cheese since day one. Um, and yeah. it, it's the biggest differentiator. And then we use, you know, a great, um, a great whole tomato that we actually get the tomatoes in uh, and we process them and we make our own sauce. A lot of places will get like a diced product or they'll get a puree or they'll get something. We use whole tomatoes. We like to crush our tomatoes in house. Nice. We like to control the texture of that. We like to, and once again, we get a very high quality tomato. Sure. And we don't do a lot to it. Yeah. Where a lot of places, I think, you know, oregano is one of these, I think flavors or, you know, spices that people use and basil in it. And when you taste pizza sauces, especially I think, you know, locally here, there's a lot of oregano, there's a lot of basil that's in that sauce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just kind of hiding the fact that the tomato is not maybe the showcase or the greatest, the greatest quality. It's not I that see. it's bad. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not a fresh crushed product. And so mm -hmm. we really want that tomato flavor and we want that, like, it's almost the brightness or the punch that you get from that tomato sauce that yeah. helps offset that. The, the Romano cheese, which is sharp and salty. So you, you get that, you know, that, that balance. Right. Where I think, you know, for most sauces, they're more of a paste. And uh, it is what it is. We just choose to do it differently. Gotcha. So the tomatoes are, are whole tomatoes. You guys are crushing them in-house and, and making your sauce. And the cheese comes on a wheel. It's not shredded. So you're getting fresh stuff and, and things like that. So any details that you would like to give, and feel free to say no, about dough hydration, type of flour, or if there's any fat in the crust of a La Casa pizza, like an olive oil or anything like that. I'm just nosy, and you can decline and just say, we make a good pizza. <laughs> it, it has flour. <laughs> it has it has moisture, so it does have hydration. That's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're not telling you the percentage. Yeah. And, and, you know, all, and all of those have some form of fat, whether that's going to be an oil, whether that's going to be – people use different things all over the globe. Sure. Our dough is going to be very unique in that, in that scenario. And some of the things we do after we make it, some of the aging process that we go through. I mean, we'll talk about this in the restaurant all the time. It's like, I like our dough X days out. I like our dough. It changes you know, the flavor. You bet. It, it changes flavor. It changes texture a little. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's not a lot more to tell you about that. That's one. that's really fair and, and well said. I, I've been uh, recently reading a book by Ken Forkish, uh, Elements of Pizza. Yeah. That book is great. I think there's some, there's a lot of talented 
bakers out there. And I think if yeah. you a baker is the best person to go to to make pizza because they understand there, there's some there's a lot of science. It behind, is 100 percent science ratios of those ingredients or, you know, the the D.O.P., uh, Neapolitan style pizza is a very specific ratio between your flour, your yeast, your water, your salt. And if you don't do that, it's not this. And those are the Italians um, right there. They're going to tell you, you got to fall on this line <laughs> and then you're going to pay me to get that actual certification. And right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, independent, you know, and that's the thing I don't think people understand too. It's like the small change in hydration, a small change in whether it's fat content, a small change in, um, just even the style of flour, yeah. uh, how fine it is. When we opened our Pacific Spring store, we sold a lot of double zero flour. We had it on our shelves and people would come and get it. And I would see all these people coming in wanting to make pizza. And, you know, I, I commend them. Making pizza at home is fun. It's a great way to do things. But you bet. double zero is a really hard flour to work with for a novice. And I would say because it, it's so fine yeah. and your hydration content that you traditionally would have with that is going to be pretty wet Yeah. to get the Christmas that you're going to want. And then you need a high heat oven to do it yeah there's a lot that goes into dough and the style of dough you want to do and absolutely you know but that's once again the fun thing about pizza yeah you know what i like about pizza too is that you know if somebody's trying it or different locations or whatever it's really hard to make a bad just horrible inedible pizza i agree and then it is also similarly hard to make an amazing pinnacle of pizza and that takes a lot of work and then to do so at scale consistently since 19, you know, since the fifties <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to keep that going. And then of course, you know, humidity in the air and, and how that changes things. And, it definitely does. you know, you mentioned oven temperature, you know, if I bake a pizza at home, I may need to change the water content because it's probably going to be in the pizza in the oven longer right. than it would be at a pizzeria that is running like a 900 or 700 degree oven where it's just done. hundred percent. So. You know, people always tell me, oh, I try to make your pizza at home. And it's like, well, yeah, that's a good goal. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's really, it's really hard to make, I think, a yeah. really good pizza in a conventional oven sure it's not that you can't do it and i mean you can make great bread in an oven at home but yeah. i mean there are certain limitations you have with heat and just like you said the duration is going to skew things yeah um, you're not cooking a pizza in 90 seconds in a home oven it's yeah. just not happening well so, you know yeah. disclaimer here if you do break off the cleaning mechanism on your oven <laughs> which i have done um because you can get extremely high heat um, yeah, you can make some pretty good pizzas in your home oven. <laughs> I do not recommend. Don't that. try this at home. Yeah. Uh, go go see Tony at La Casa. And he'll yeah. help, he'll help you out. And being part of the family and growing up there, did did you work in the in the kitchen growing up? No, you know the interesting thing about it is my first day working at La Casa was October first of two thousand and fifteen. Oh wow, an auspicious um, day. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So I did not grow up working in the restaurant and, and most of it was because you know i think my father for his whole life whether he wanted to or not was attached to the restaurant and you know it was something he did and sure he always wanted him and my mother always wanted me to go do something else and get a different job and i think they wanted me to work for other people and understand the difference between um you know working in a family business and you know working for other people and have that skill set yeah and so i did not until that day and uh, i started I mean, I still do the same things I did on day one, which is bussing tables and prepping food. And I appreciate every aspect of the business. And you, bet. you can't run a business, let alone a restaurant, without understanding the most basic work to the more, I guess, complex work that you, you would do. Yeah. So 
it's been a process, but I mean, that's the reason why I think we're successful over time is that you have to understand what you're doing. You have to understand um, working with our customers, you know, working with our purveyors. Um, yeah. You know, working on a line, and I still work on a line. I mean, I do, I, I do everything at the restaurant that any of our other managers do because I enjoy the work and I want our business to be the best it can be, and I want to be hands on and understand it. Well, and and being that close to the folks that are on the line, to the folks that are bussing tables, if you need to help make things better and have a good motivated employee that wants to stick with you for a long time and that is helping you produce a quality product i don't know if there's a better way than being right close to those folks and seeing what's going on or maybe asking you know hey is there anything that we could change or do or improve or whatever good dialogue can happen that way I think. for sure and you know the interesting part is like the people i work with are some of my best friends yeah now and we have a very close relationship all of our managers do and we run a very a pretty small operation as much as it is, is, you know, you're working with a team. It's like, these people are my friends. These people are, I'm, I'm close to them as I am my family. And, yeah, you know, we as a group and my, you know, this business couldn't continue in our family without, you know, Eric Lang, who's been with us for, you know, 40 years. Rob Cading, who's been with us for, you know, over 40 years. Greg Stoy, who's been with us for 30 years. Joey Sampanero, who's worked with us now for close to 20 years. You know, we have a group of people that have given a lot they've committed their life to helping us run this business. And, you know, more than the pizza, that's probably the the most amazing part about 50 years or 70 years, excuse me, and yeah. is that you have people, uh, including my father, that span decades that have helped us continue to stay in business and without our family. And then uh, Mike Larson, and, you know, I'm, I'm naming yeah. names. Mike's been with us you know, almost, you know, 25 years. So Joel, Joel's usually over on the 84th Street location. Joel correct? is going to be, uh, well, Joel retired. Joel was down at Leavenworth. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Then, yeah. But, you know, all these people, I mean, you think about it, that's what makes this business what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you guys, you know, when somebody does come in from out of town and they haven't had that pizza for a long time, that they still get that pizza that they remember. And they, they still see the people that, they, and they, yeah. <laughs> you know, they literally see the same people. And I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm walking to Leavenworth. Hi, Victor. How's it going? Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Victor, Danielle, I yeah. mean, all of the family and then all the people that have, you know, committed so many years to the product. But I think it's not only just the pizza, but it's to our customers and to, you know, they feel a sense of pride in allowing this place to continue in Omaha. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times on this show, um, I, I ask about food memories and, and significant, you know, events in your life surrounding food. But I'm going to flip it a little bit just to say, and I, I think I told you this when we were at Bull Moose, but talking to you, because I, I haven't really got a chance to talk to the Vacanti family directly here. And I think I almost got a tear in my eye and it, and it may happen again right now, but I don't know. Um, but the thing is, you know, my family is from Omaha, long time, been here very, very long time. And, you know, Sunday night dinner often was La Casa. And typically it's a, it's a pepperoni mushroom. That's the family's favorite. The onion rings are my gosh to die for. La Casa has been a part of my life as long as I can remember. And that flavor, that food memory, and, uh, you know, getting a slice of that, that is, that is good. And, from me directly to you and the family and everybody at La Casa um, that that produces that pizza, I just an honest uh, thank you from from the Dave Zorko family and and associates because I, I appreciate you guys, I really do. Well, we we appreciate that too, Dave. And I, I think you know you speak for a very large group of people in Omaha that their families have been coming and seeing us for years. And two or three times a day, I see customers and you know they'll tell me how much they love our 
product and how long they've been coming and seeing us. And uh, I'll just tell them, I was like, you know, we would not be able to do this without you coming and seeing us. So don't thank me. Thank you for supporting us. And thank you for, you know, having this at your birthday parties, at your graduations, at your, uh, you know, we do a lot of wedding receptions. And then, you know, there is... The best uh, reception ever. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and then, you know, there are, you know, the things that aren't easy in life. Uh, you know, when people pass away, these are yeah. often meals that we serve. And, you know, we're honored to be a part of all those life events. Because I think, you know, what, what I serve at, you know, at my family events, it's important. Food is, you know, it's a common thread. You bet. It's just not a piece of pizza. It's just not pasta. It's, you know, it's memories. It's your family. It's, you know, just everything that goes along with it. So, you know, thank you to your family and everyone else similar to your family that comes and sees us because we're only going to make it another 70 years if people continue to appreciate the product and try the product and, you know, understand that we're going to be a little different than some of the other places and, yeah. you know, hopefully gain an appreciation for a scratch kitchen that's been doing it this way for so long. That's awesome. And and that's what I, I really enjoy about talking about, you know, the ingredients and things are going there is to kind of let people know too, that the things that you are doing from scratch and that, you know, this has been done the La Casa way for, you know, X number of years. And it's just, it, it's awesome. And, yeah. and the passion that goes in there. I mean, so. today, for instance, I was leaving to come here. I, I, I <laughs> We made our hamburger today, so we, we stew our hamburger over a course of hours. We made our meat sauce. We made meatballs today. We made onion rings. <laughs> Not, to make onion rings, you have to slice, you know, bags of onions oh, and cut yeah. these things. And so we actually broke down cheese today, so we had a couple wheels come in, so we're cutting cheese. So, I mean, every day there's a production process going on, and we have a really strict production schedule that allows us to do this because without mm -hmm. that coordination and out that, oh, yeah. that structure – you know, I always tell customers it's no more than probably 48 hours that we're we're making this product and we're turning it over because we're fortunate enough to sell a lot of food. Sure. That allows us to have almost zero waste out of our kitchen ever. That's because awesome. Because we're using every product, the be, you know, and turning it over. But I mean, it's it truly is to run a scratch kitchen at the volume of food we do is it's a it's a labor. Yeah, it's a lot of work. So does prep for the next day or whatever happen? During the day, do you guys ever get in early before the restaurant opens or, you know, kind of how does that that structure go? We typically start right around 8 o'clock, maybe a little before. Yeah. And we get prepping. I mean, immediately when we walk in, we have large kettles that we cook our sauce in and our hamburger. Those go on immediately. Um, our dough rollers usually, you know, hear this, you know, droning sound in the background of the dough roller going constantly. Yeah. And then you're breaking down fresh product, whether that's, you know, our tomatoes, uh, whether it's, you know, the lettuce we're getting in we're cooking pasta. So, I mean, it all starts. And that's the the interesting part about where we're at today in the business. I'll say with prep is that you have to get smarter or you have to get more resourceful and have a much tighter production schedule because the cost of labor, oh yeah, the cost of goods. Finding people. Finding, you know, luckily, yeah. fortunately enough, we've been blessed in that. I mean, but awesome. We work at it. We really do. And and I think people know about who we are in, in this industry. And if they're looking for a, a stable job with a good environment and people that know what they're doing people come find us so we're very blessed yeah so if anyone's listening to this ever and they need a job and <laughs> come, come see you, you. Come, you come see us <laughs> we have a pretty strict production schedule and we're getting better at it over time sure um and you know getting more with less yeah or, or i think a lot of people that in this industry and this is very tough to see is that a lot of people decide i'm going to stop producing this in-house i'm going to now go to a pre you know, fabricated product. And I'm just, you know, going to put that on my menu. And it's, although tempting, you know, because it's probably cheaper and you don't need these people, uh, as many people to, you know, produce it. 
it's not just, the same. It changes it changes the dynamic of everything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, whether you whether you believe it or not, when someone's putting their hands on a product, they're creating it. I mean, there is a dedicated person. There's some love going into that that translates into, you know, it's being cared for in a certain way yes. from start to finish. Where you're not going to get that if you open up a bag and you dump it in a boiling pot of water and then you serve it to someone. And there and there are a lot of restaurants that do that. They're highly successful at you know bringing people in, but. Well, you 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 pulled a thread right right out of my head there, which was you know cooking with love. You know you can you can taste the care. You know it it happens, and you know like you said, well, and especially if you're getting those quality products that you've been you know wanting to be consistent with, and you're spending the time to get the quality products, then you treat it with respect and treat it with quality. And the end result of the you know the sum being greater than its parts there. Um, is quality as well. So that's that's a very cool thing to to focus in on. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it's something that when we're creating the product and doing that, we, we really are aware of that because yeah. every day you have a new a new salesman coming to your door saying, you know, I can cut your cost or I can do this. And sure. so many places have had to make the tough decision to do that because it's either keep my doors open right, or um, I can't hire someone. So I have to go to a different style product and, you know, yeah. you, you just figure it out every day. The Pacific Springs location, any challenges that you encountered when trying to get that off the ground? Because that that was a big leap because the other two locations had been there for a very, very long time before you launched Pacific Springs. Yeah, I mean, um, I think anytime you you build a, a building and, and you build a restaurant, there's a lot of challenges and not just day one. Find but, ovens and hoods and contractors. And... Exactly. And that is a world that, oh man, man. I'm not going to even dive into that. Because, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think opening that restaurant um, and going through that process, some of the surprises were we were so busy that first year and yeah. uh, and how difficult it was to produce so much food. And then we got hit by the pandemic oh, one year from the day of opening. Yeah. And people are like, well, that was a bad time to do that. It's like, there's, that's not a there's bad never, time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it wasn't bad. The right time? It, it just was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I'm... I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm confident, but I felt like I'm equipped and our team's equipped to deal with these things. And we did great things in four years because we'll have our four-year anniversary uh, February 26th. Oh, yeah. 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 So there are a lot of things that came up, but I think there are things that make you become more intelligent about your business. Sure. Understand your industry better and appreciate what you have. Yeah. And so I think Pacific Springs is, is kind of this nuanced place where, you know, we have a lot of the... Um, we have the same menu as our, our West store on 84th. Uh-huh. It's not full service, but you know we do we run food out to table. So we had to get a hybrid model where we don't have uh, servers, but you know we run all the food and we try to create a very intimate experience. You know, outside of having someone at your table every you know 10 minutes. Right. Um, but I think it was that was a very big learning curve of how do you evolve in an industry where you're struggling to find people if you had servers, you're struggling to find people in a kitchen. You're navigating the pandemic, and Jeez. what does the modern restaurant look like? And I think we did. I think we've done a really good job of that, of bridging that gap. Absolutely, and it's interesting. You know, from La Casa and Leavenworth to 84th Street, the you know even the fact that you didn't copy paste Leavenworth because it's more of a quick casual than a a wait staff oriented model mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Well, first of all, on, on Leavenworth, of course, you used to have the kind of ramp walk in takeout, so it was like takeout was separate than dining, right? And then during the pandemic, you guys went ahead and spun up curbside like so many restaurants, and you guys 
just did that. It's like, hey, we're going to have some parking spots and call us up and we'll bring your pizza out to you. So, yeah, you know, no, it's been an evolution. And I think, uh, you know, Pacific Springs has been fun. And, you know, we have great outdoor space. We have a great party room. We do a bocce league out there, which we uh, we have a great grass space to play it on. That's and so it's cool. really popular. So it's really nice to see a business like ours that, you know, started out of a house yeah. You know, our, on 45th has kind of been... <laughs> you can at, still see it if you look careful. You can. Yeah. And it's been kind of added on to over the years. And then you have our Westgate or West location at 84th. And then you have um, the Pacific Springs location because they all have something different. Yeah. And um, a lot of people always say, I like, I like this location. Oh, I like this location. And the good news is they're all there. Yeah. You can go to whatever one you Pick like. Whichever one you want. When you're in, you know, this part of town, come see us there. Come see us here. So yeah. we just want you to enjoy the food and keep coming and seeing us. I will always remember as a kid, we'd go pick up uh, sometimes our pizza from La Casa West. And right on the side of the kitchen, there's the best air vent in the history of ever because you'd pull in. Oh, yeah. It kicks, <laughs> the it the it delicious it pizza smell would come right out there. It's like warm and delicious. It's like, oh, oh, that's that's kind of nice there. So, yeah, no, it, it, it definitely is. And even, you know, at all of our locations, we have... Um, we have some neighbors uh, at the across the way from uh, the Pacific Spring store. They'll tell us like during the summer they'll show up quite often, and there's a handful of them. And they're like, "Listen, the wind was blowing this direction. <laughs> we were going to grill. We were going to do this, but we, we, you know, we got coming that smell. We're coming, we're coming in for pizza. So that is kind of a strategic design that we get that scent into the air and lure people in. I, I am aware that there are uh, stores out there that have been known to to pipe that smell, but you know, of, of a product out there. Oh, but, for sure. But uh, you know, I mean, how can you go wrong with? baking bread or pizza or any of these things or a grilling burger. I mean, come on, it's, it's delicious. So it gives you a little preview of, of what you're about to get. It's part of the experience. I always tell people, I mean, from the moment you, I always, and this is what we talk about uh, with our team. It's like from the moment you pull into that parking lot, there's an experience happening and you need to, you need to be understanding that most of the time people are pretty excited to come here because they've been doing it for years or people are excited about pizza, even if they don't know our product, You bet. I'm excited about pizza. Um, and you know, it starts from pulling into that parking lot to, you know, when they walk out the door and one of the biggest things that I think we do really well is when someone walks in the door, it's always, we always say hello. We always say, thanks for coming in. And then on their way, I always say, thank you. We'll raise our hands. We'll yell from the back of the kitchen, even if people can't see us and say, thank you for coming in because we really mean it and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we've talked a lot of pizza. What is one of your favorite things on the menu that isn't pizza and can't use onion rings? We already talked about that and they're really good. So um, <laughs> do we consider Cody Rooney pizza? So yeah, probably. I think it's still a pizza. Okay. So, uh, But an unsung hero possibly of the menu is the double crust. I so would agree. That's fair. Okay. Um, I think there are two things that I would highlight. I think our, our meat sauce or, you know, people would say bouillonnaise. I mean, depending on who it is, yeah. everyone likes to call, you know, it's a meat sauce. That's what my, you know, my grandma, my great grandfather, my dad calls it. It's a meat sauce. Yeah. Just the smell of it. Like when we cook it in the morning and it's just like, that's very nostalgic to me. And I, I think it's, you know, one of the best meat sauces in the city, if not, you know, regionally. And there's a lot of depth of flavor. Sure. There's the same beef that we put in our pizzas that we stew down and add to it. Once again, we're using very high quality products. So you're getting something that has been made by hand and we make it throughout the week. Um, nothing's been frozen. Nothing comes out of a bag or anything like that. Yeah. And so I like the aspect of making it, right? Sure. And so I think I, that's why I appreciate it too, is that 
I just love that sauce. And then two, you know, sauce goes on pasta. So that it does. I love our lasagnas. And I think, you know, we use this mini malfalda noodle and it looks like a very tiny sheet of lasagna. We're uh-huh. talking, it's like an inch and a half or two inches by, you know, a, a centimeter. Yeah. And so I always tell, it's like a mini lasagna noodle that we, then we create a sheet of a mini lasagna noodle and then we layer that and, you know, we use that meat sauce. We use, you know, the hamburger. Otherwise you can do, we have a garlic cream sauce. You can add chicken to it. Otherwise you just do plain marinara and cheese. And there's so many different combinations you can do. And lasagna to me, it's just kind of a homey dish where you bet you can just bake and there's so much flavor and texture in it. And the crispiness on the outside or the, you know, when, you, when you're cooking the top of it that you get. Yeah. That's kind of my go-to, both of those. One of my favorites and, and family favorites is the toasted ravioli. Um, For sure. You know, that's just, just a good one. That was my grandmother's absolute favorite. So if, if we had La Casa, we better have some toasted ravs for her on the way. And I'll tell you something that someone told me today. One of my, I was talking with one of our food reps and they do a lot of business all over Omaha. And he told me today something that I don't think, I, I fully understood or appreciated. We're probably the only place in Omaha that breads their own ravioli. Oh, and, interesting. And nowadays, everyone buys a prepackaged product that is breaded and, you know, you, you take out of a bag and drop it in a fryer. And we are taking our raviolis. We're breading them throughout the week. And, I mean, it takes a lot of time to do. And we make the actual breading. So we'll take our some of our Romano and some of the other things we do. And we process it down. And we take breadcrumbs that we get from bread that's left over that we, we've aged is just to get it to get oh, it hard. Awesome. And so we create our own breadcrumbs. We will buy some because with the quantity we go through. But like literally everything that's coming out of that kitchen, we're making that product that goes into that ravioli that goes onto your plate where, you know, this rep was telling me we're the only one he knows of. And, you know, I found that kind of sad at times because I know how much work it takes us. And um, once again, it's kind of the sign of the times and that people have to make these decisions. And I'm proud that we make the decision to do it ourselves. That's so cool. That's so cool. Super quick, besides when you're not eating at La Casa, and we did touch on a couple other pizzerias, but are there any other spots around Omaha that you might recommend people stop when they're not getting pizza at La Casa? I think if you enjoy a really unique aspect of Take on food, uh, O'Carant and Benson, Ben Maids. Oh, yeah. His team over there do incredible stuff. That's my go-to. That's your pick? That's my pick. And I mean, I, I, like I, 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 I love everything they do. The people that run are great people. So I think that that is would be my go-to. I like it. I still need to make it over there and try the tasting menu. I haven't done it yet. Yeah, and for sure. I'm excited to do so. Yeah. So that's but very, There's very a cool. lot of good food in Omaha, oh, too. Yeah. Um, other than that, I love going to Orsi's getting their fresh bread. <laughs> I you know. bet. That's that's, that's like, taking you back there too, right? Yeah, so, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the stuff. Like, I'm pretty simple when it comes down to that stuff. A fresh loaf of bread or a good loaf of bread, either by itself or with a little bit of butter or whatever you want to do with it, is just one of the simple pleasures in life. Really sure. is. Really is. You know, and, and I think that gets to one of the things about pizza. You know, you have an excellent bread or crust and something nice like a fresh tomato sauce, maybe a little cheese, maybe a little veggies, whatever you want to do. And it's it's simple, delicious, and and soul satisfying. So, you know. <laughs> it, it really is. That's the funny part about pizza, though, too. People forget really what it is in its very essence. Yeah. And it was a delivery mechanism for whatever product you had in your house. Yeah. And we make it the sexy thing or we put it on this pedestal or everyone talks about, no, this is the best. No, this is the best. It is what it is. It's yeah. uh, it's like you said, it's bread, it's sauce, it's the toppings you like, and uh, there's enough to go around. That's so perfect. You just and, gotta and find what you like. Yeah, and best uh, and 
Yeah, I'd, I'd say best shared with others too. I think that's a, a hands good thing. down yeah. for sure. Like, <laughs> and that's the part of that's the great thing about pizza. You're not going to share your your burger. You're not sharing <laughs> your taco, right? Right. It's, it's not sharing ribs. Um, no, no. But Pete, that's the fun, and that's a great part of you know working in the pizzeria is that when people are coming in, they're coming in with their family or their yeah. friends. And, you know, it's like competitive ordering. They're like, no, I want this on the pizza. I want that on the pizza. <laughs> and it's, it's just fun to see and guiding them through that process and then, you know, watching them enjoy themselves. And that makes everything worth it, man. All the work we put in the kitchen to see people enjoy that and share that, um, you know, that's why we do it. I love it. And if people want to find out what's happening with La Casa, if there's any, you know, events, where's the best place to keep tabs on La Casa Haps, as it were? You know, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and at all three locations. And then I think the best place to keep tabs on us, come to the restaurant. There's, I like that. There's something about, like, social media is good for what it's good for. But, you know, don't let other people make your decisions for you. Get out. Go try something. Yeah. But come to the pizzeria. I mean, we do stuff for schools in the area. So if you're interested in doing things with us for school nights, Neat. ask people at the restaurant. Talk to them. Because that's the type of place we are. You bet. Um you know, and sure, we do our social media stuff, but best place is come in, come see us. If you haven't seen us, ask us to walk you through the menu. We'll probably know you haven't seen us because the way you're looking at the, front, <laughs> at the front, and we do a pretty good job. But come see us. I think that's a good place to start. I think any restaurant food, definitely pizza. The first time that you have it, eat it at the restaurant. Yeah. Because I can tell you, most pizzas are still going to be decent at home. But it's still best right at the restaurant, I think. Yeah, it's customers remind me of that every day. They're like, you know, we haven't been to the restaurant in about a month. We've had takeout a few times. They're like, dang, that is so good when it comes out of the oven. And it is. Yeah. Especially for texture. And just when you put anything in a box and it's hot, it's going to steam a little. So that's true. Eat it fresh, and that's going to be the best experience. If there's one thing I do know about La Casa Pizza Takeout, those, you better hold that box level. Says it right on Right on the box. We see people walk out (laughs) like it's a briefcase sometimes. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, that. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. That'll be a phone call in about 20 minutes. (laughs) All the cheese was on one side. I I have actually um, wedged. Because, uh, you know, of course, uh, car seats are kind of sloped a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. you know, if you bring, you know, grab maybe those extra receipts out of your wallet or whatever and prop up the, the back of the box so sure. it's, it's level, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I often will carry pizzas out to the car and uh, for people and I'm, you know, they're like, no, I'll put it there. I'm like, absolutely not. We're going <laughs> to, I want this to get home and I want you to enjoy it. And so, you know, there's a, there's a little care that you have to take, you know, it's like anything. So the little... Uh, table-looking things that you see in some pizza boxes uh-huh. to, to make sure that the, the lid is staying up. Right. What I feel that La Casa needs is a slight adjustable wedge that you can just put on the edge of your box to always keep it level. Hmm. They have it those is. self-levelers for the uh, tables in the restaurants. We'll put some self-levelers <laughs> on there. Pizza box. Premium La Casa yeah. service. Oh, this is fantastic. Well, Tony Viganti of La Casa Pizza, thank you so, so much for coming to talk with me about pizza, it holds a special place in my heart. And if anybody needs any advice on ordering, obviously you can go inside the restaurant. If you need to email fatterdayomaha at gmail.com or maybe message me on, on social, I'll help you too. It's fine. Tony, seriously, thank you so much for being here and talking with me tonight. Dave, it was a pleasure. And uh, obviously, thank you to and your family awesome. for all the years. And with that, I am Dave Zorko. This is Fatterday Omaha. And until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye-bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email 
FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.